0: Welcome to Hollywood and Levine. I am Ken Levine, your podcast host. Hope you're having a happy holiday season. Also hope you enjoyed uh, my two-part interview with my daughter, Annie Levine, and her husband-slash-writing partner, Jonathan Emerson. And uh, this week, well, this week I want to talk about Kirstie Alley, who passed away on December 4th. She was only 71 years old. Uh, She died of cancer uh, apparently, it was discovered very late, and um, and she went very quickly. Uh, it's still a shock, and uh, after having spent six years with her on Cheers, um, like I said, it's just weird to get my head around because when— I was working with all of those people. We were all roughly the same age and we were all just so young and vibrant and especially Kirsty was just a force of nature and it's weird to think that some of them are gone. And so I thought this week I would just talk a little bit about uh about Kirsty, what I knew about her, my personal reflections. Dealing with her, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So that's this week on Hollywood and Levine. So I first saw Kirstie in the uh, second Star Trek movie, The uh, Wrath of Khan. She had very short hair, and uh, I was like, "Oh my God, who, who is this? Gorgeous!" Yeah. Interestingly, I asked her about how come she didn't do any of the sequels, and she said they offered her less money. <laughs> wow. Wow. Anyway, so she was on my radar early on. And then there was a local production at the, I believe Mark Taper Forum was where I saw it, of Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. And she played Maggie, the cat, and was obviously in, you know, a little teddy for part of the Thing And again, it's like, wow. But she was also a terrific actress. And like I said, uh, on my radar, very high up. What a lot of people don't know is the movie that my partner David Isaacs and I wrote, Volunteers, uh, with Tom Hanks and John Candy. But the, uh, the female love interest... It was down to three people, Rita Wilson, who eventually got the part, but the other two were Phoebe Cates and Kirstie Alley, and Kirstie Alley was terrific, and it was a, a very, very hard choice uh, to go with, with Rita Wilson because Kirstie would have been, been great. So now she's just doing movies and TV shows and various things. And we come to the fifth season of Cheers, and Shelley Long announces that she is leaving the show. She fulfills her contract five years and out, and Shelley is going to leave to uh, pursue a movie career. And I have to tell you, in all candor, that we were very nervous about whether or not the show could survive the loss of Shelley Diane Chambers, uh, because she was such a part of the show and she was just so great. I mean, I contend, go back, watch the first season of Cheers And Shelley is absolutely remarkable. And I think any other actress, even with the rest of the cast, any other actress and the show is canceled after 13 weeks. But I think Shelley was that pivotal in the beginning of the show. So it's understandable that we would all be very, very nervous that losing her might lose the heart and soul of the series and that it would fade away very quickly. So, the casting process. First of all, what kind of character did the Charles Brothers and Jimmy Burroughs want to replace Shelley Long? Well, the first thing they knew is that they wanted somebody very different. They did not want to just do Sam and Diane 2.0. They wanted everything about the new character to be different from Diane, including the look. And there's a reason that uh, they chose a brunette. And they also wanted to change the dynamic between this character and Sam. They figured, okay, the audience just does not want to see another... You know, will they or won't they, sexual tensions. Like, we've done that already. We've done that for five years on and off. And I'll be very frank and say, you know, the Sam and Diane, you know, relationship, after five years, we were struggling to find things to do with them. I mean, we had pretty much squeezed uh, every story that we could out of that relationship and so had shelley stayed with the show i'm not sure that it would have lasted another 6 years i think it might have petered out in another uh two or three, not because she wasn't as equally great as she was in season one, but it's like we, the writers, would be going, what else do we do? We're done, okay? It's like eight years, 160 episodes of Sam and Diane. We have told that story over and over again. It's time to end. So the fact that we had a new character assuming that that new character would work and be accepted by the public, well, it would just revitalize the series and keep it going. And that's exactly what it did. And uh, Kirsty was actually on the show longer than Shelley. They thought, when I say they, I mean the Charles Brothers and Jimmy Burroughs, they thought, what if we set up a very different power dynamic. In the case of Sam and Diane, Sam owned the bar, and Diane was a waitress who worked for Sam. They figured, well, what if we flip it? What if Sam sells the bar and the company installs Rebecca Howe as the manager? So now you have Sam at the bar, working for Rebecca. So that seemed interesting. And in terms of what her character might be, uh, the thought was, well let's just make her a martinet. Let's just make her somebody that uh, is very hard for Sam to, you know, get close to. And so the first few episodes were written along those lines. I know Glenn and Les wrote the very first episode that introduced her, and David and I wrote either the second or third, but it was one right at the top of that season. And we were finding that it was hard to make her funny, that the idea of a Martinette wasn't Something that lends itself to an awful lot of comedy, and those first few episodes, it was very frustrating because it's like you have a racehorse that you're asking to just canter, and we were kind of stymied trying to figure what can we do to just tap into what makes Kirstie Alley so great. I will say this, that for her especially, it had to be incredibly difficult those first few weeks for any number of reasons. Number one, she is entering a close-knit cast. Will she be accepted by the cast? I will say this, The Cheers cast, all lovely people, and they were all very gracious and very welcoming. Not all casts are like that. Believe me. (laughs) You know, you join a cast on some long-running show, and you are the odd man out for like two years. You're like never part of the inner circle. That was not the case with cheers, And the other thing is, we're filming these shows in the summer, and we know that the shows are going to air starting in the fall in September, and you don't know, is the audience going to buy this or not? Are they going to accept this character, or are we just walking into a propeller? So it was a very... Very tough time. And here's the thing about Kirsty, and this tells you a lot about who she is. She shows up for the first table reading wearing a blonde wig and dressing like Shelley Long. <laughs> Needless to say, it broke the ice. And I think right from day one... She was accepted as one of one of the cast. We, we all loved her from that very, very first time. So now what do we do? We have this new character. We're worried that the audience isn't going to buy her. And she's not particularly funny. In the first few episodes, we're really leading with our chins. There was lots and lots of discussion in the writer's room just what to do with her. And I don't remember what episode it was, but there was some episode where there was a scene where she was rattled over something. She was very, very funny. And it was like, Eureka, that's it. That's it. Make her a mess. And so from then on, it was like, what can we do to make this woman's life be such that she is always on the verge of a nervous breakdown? Now... You got something to play. Now you got some fun with her. And we also thought it's pretty funny when you have this woman who is so beautiful and has such great presence that underneath it is just a complete hot mess. And Kirstie really rose to the challenge. So the show goes on the air. We all hold our breath and <laughs> thank God the audience liked her. They liked her right away and they continued to like her. Our ratings not only stayed high but over time they rose even higher. There was one year where we were the number 1 show. We we're getting a 34 share. (laughs) 34 share. Shows today get a one share, get a 0.07 share. We were getting a 34 share. Now, in fairness, it's hard to compare first year shows with later years because once a show is established, the numbers are always higher. Whereas you look at some of the first year Shows like MASH and Cheers, and the early episodes didn't get nearly the ratings that the later years uh, enjoyed. Not to say that those later years were any better than the early years, but when a show is an established hit, it's in a good time slot, and it's, it's just rolling. And that was the case with Cheers. But, hey, Kirstie was at the At the front of it, so you have to give her credit for that uh a actually it's two episodes thinking about the episodes that David and I wrote that featured Kirsty prominently. I think my favorites it's a two parter called finally Part One and Part Two. Season 7, maybe season 8, they sort of blend together. Uh, David and I ended up writing 40 episodes of the show, so uh, it, it becomes a blur after a while. But one of the things that we had established for a while, that she was going out with Robin Colcord and that she hadn't had sex with him. So she hadn't had sex in in a few years, which also would uh, make you a a tad high strung. And this was the episode where she finally consummates with Robin Colcourt. And it was such a major event in the series. We did it as a two-parter. There is a last scene in part two that is so funny where Rebecca it's just Rebecca and Sam and she had broken up with him broken up with Robin and was feeling very bad about that mixed emotions and she cries Kirsty Alley was so funny crying And there is an art to that. There truly is. To be able to cry and have it be convincing and yet not so convincing that the comedy goes away, that you just feel bad for this poor person who's crying. Kirstie walked that line. She was so funny. When when she was crying, uh, like I said, there's an art to that. The only other actress I can think of who was as good was Mary Tyler Moore. Not necessarily better than Kirstie, but I, I think the two of them uh, are the Mount Rushmore of funny criers on television. But that was... That was like a, a, a great episode. And David and I, I won't say who the actress was, but we wrote a later episode for a different series where we had to have the actress cry. And it was supposed to be a funny cry. She just couldn't pull it off. It just wasn't funny. And I remember standing on the stage with David, both of us, having the same thoughts like, oh, my God, Kirstie would hit this out of the park. (laughs) Kirstie would kill with this particular scene. And we wrote it, kind of hearing Kirstie in our heads, but no, uh, this actress uh, could not pull that off. Not many could. Kirstie was pretty much game to do anything on the show. (laughs) You know, David and I came up with the idea, hey, what if she walks in her office and there's sheep in her office? Of course, she was like, fine, okay, I'll I'll walk into an office full of sheep. Whatever we wanted her to do, she could do. I remember she had that ability of being able to uh, take a cherry stem and and turn it into a knot, (laughs) you know, with her tongue. So we had her do that in one episode. Zero diva behavior. There was none of that. She was a total team player. She was always on time, always knew her lines, g- great to work with. She was a Scientologist back then. Of course, she's kind of famous for being a Scientologist. But we didn't know that. At the time, we had no idea— that, that she was a a Scientologist. Uh, she usually was pretty schlumpy, really dressed down during rehearsal, but man, did she clean up nicely. And the camera absolutely loved her. Uh, an incident that I mentioned in my brief blog post, uh, No, blog post, uh, my Facebook post. I don't have a blog anymore. Um, I'm just rambling here. But um, my son, Matt, was like in kindergarten. And they had a raffle for the fair, whatever. And for a dollar, you could buy a ticket, possibly win a television. So one day I brought Matt down to the set where I figured, you know, he could pretty much rake it in. And, of course, you know, all of the actors and and everyone was, you know, giving him a dollar. And he goes up to Kirstie, and she gives him 20 bucks. And, you know, he says, he had his little spiel. This is for Warner Elementary, and you could win a television set, and this will help us, blah, blah, blah. And she goes, okay, here's 20 dollars. Matt says, oh, I, I I don't have change. And Kirstie said, no, no, just, just keep it. And Matt says, well, you might not win. <laughs> Kirstie said, yeah, just keep it. <laughs> she loved kids. And uh, a memory that I posted on Facebook about and scrolling through Facebook, other uh crew and cast and staff members of Cheers also mentioned these, that she used to throw these elaborate Halloween and Easter parties. She'd invite the entire crew. Now, you figure the entire crew of Show Like Cheers is over 100 people. So... You have 100 people, and we're all fairly young, and most of us have young kids, so there was probably five, 600 people at one of these parties. She held it at her house. She lived in the valley in the former estate of Al Jolson, which is a name that probably 95% of you have never heard of. He was a He was a singer, like in the first part of the 20th century. But it's a very large estate. It also has a gazebo. And she had a zoo. She had a a small actual zoo on the grounds of her house. She had a big backyard lawn that she would just fill with toys and candy and give each kid look like a giant cauldron it's not just a little tiny bucket each one would have this this giant cauldron and I remember Kirsty standing out in the middle of the lawn all of the kids are lined up ready to run out and get all of their booty and I remember she would say large kids do not trample the smaller kids and away the kids went and you know just just filled these cauldrons all of them and you figure god there had to be there had to be 2 300 kids and they all had full cauldrons of small toys and candy and and from what i understand that Kirsty went to like the 99 cent store and CVS and places like that herself and bought all of that stuff she would Dress up as a princess. At the time, she was married to Parker Stevenson, and he would dress up as a frog. I think that tells you a little something about their relationship. Uh, but my daughter, Annie, who at the time was like uh, five, six, uh, she was like mesmerized by Princess Kirsty. And we have a picture of Kirsty with Annie that I posted on Facebook. And we always, for the rest of the time, would refer to uh, Kirsty as Princess Kirstie. Uh She was great. It, those parties were just almost surreal. Uh, I mean, I thought to myself, because there's all this food and... You know, all these cakes and pastries and stuff. And I thought to myself, my God, if I was a kid and I went to a party like this one time, I'd remember it for the rest of my life. There was one year she had the USC marching band showed up (laughs) and played. Uh, Her neighbor was David Crosby, you know, from Crosby, Stills and Nash, and the Birds for you older people. And... I would hang out with uh, him. He would he would swing by, you know, tell us about his new liver or whatever. And I go, this is cool. I'm hanging out with uh, with David Crosby and the USC marching band is playing, and the kids are getting tons of toys. Yeah, but uh, but that was that was Kirstie. Now, this is a story that I have told a couple of times, and I'm going to tell it again. I'll try to do it quickly in case you heard it. Um, But it tells you a lot about Kirstie. And it's my Wade Boggs story, which is simply this. David and I wrote an episode where uh, the Cheers Bar got into a practical joke war with Gary's Old Town Tavern. This was the very first Bar Wars episode. We ended up doing uh, subsequent Bar Awards episodes every year after. But this was the first. And one of the things we thought we would do was have a Boston sports star come into the bar, but everyone in the bar thought, oh, okay, this is a doppelganger. This is just a stunt that Gary is pulling to make us all look ridiculous. So uh, they think he's an imposter and chase him off, steal his pants. And so we thought, well, who is the biggest Boston sports star at the time? And Wade Boggs was the answer. But it was March, and Wade Boggs was in spring training in Winter Haven, Florida. We figure we can't get him. But our casting director said, hey, it's worth a phone call said, hey, you're dime, sure. And about a half hour later, we get a call back saying, okay, Wade Boggs will do it. He talked to his manager, and, you know, when you're a superstar, uh, you can miss two or three days of spring training baseball. And so Wade Boggs was going to get on a plane and be out here to film the scene, which he did. It was mediocre, but... Anyway, a year later, an article in Playboy comes out written by Margot Adams. And this was a young woman who talked about her affair with Wade Boggs. Margot Adams lived in Anaheim in Southern California. And at one point she talks about the fact that Wade called her one day and say, hey, good news, I'm going to be in Southern California for a couple of days. I'm doing a scene on Cheers. And so we can get together. Now, of course, prior to this, I'm thinking, man, what power I have. I mentioned Wade Boggs, and half an hour later, Hey, he's on a plane heading to L.A., Yeah, my influence. No, no, the reason he took this whole thing was to get laid for a couple of days. And she says at one point he said to her, can I have a pair of your panties? Because I promised the guys that I could get a pair of Kirstie Alley's panties. This is in the article. So I read this. And I, I say, um, hmm, um, is Kirsty on the set yet? This was about nine thirty in the morning. I said, Yeah, yeah, she's she's probably just arriving. I said, Okay. So I go down to the stage with a copy of the magazine, and I see Kirsty sitting there having a cup of coffee, and I say, Hey, Kirsty, uh, you're mentioned in Playboy magazine. She says, I am here. And I showed her the article and, and she read the article. And said, so I wanted to be there when she's reading the article. And she gets to that point and she's just like, What the fuck? <laughs> anyway, this became a running bit between me and her that, like, once or twice a year. I would come up to her and I would go, "Hey, listen, Kirsty, uh, could you do me a favor? I'm going to my high school reunion this Saturday, and I promised the guys that I could uh, bring a pair of your panties." Uh, you know, uh, "Hey, hey Kirsty, uh, I'm going to uh, to a Christmas party, and I promised uh, you know some of the people there that I could bring a pair of your panties," and this became sort of a running choke. After Cheers, well, oh, one other story about Cheers. Again, I'm just rambling here. This was the last Cheers, and Shelley Long graciously agreed to come back and do that final episode. We thought, this could be very awkward on the set. Is Kirstie going to be kind of a diva? Is she going to go, this is my set now, and this is my stage, and you're on my stage? Which could happen. Would she make Shelley feel very uncomfortable? No. It was just the opposite. She was happy to see her. Uh, she welcomed her with open arms. And... That's that's just Kirsty, she was just a a really good soul. After Cheers, uh, I didn't see her. She starred in some other sitcoms, uh, Veronica's Closet. She did some movies. She did a TV movie, a drama that she won a, another Emmy for David's Father. She won an Emmy one year on Cheers, and she was nominated like five times. She got progressively wackier, if I'm being honest. Uh, her weight fluctuated wildly. She could lose 83 pounds. She could gain 100 pounds. She had some diet product that she sold, and uh, apparently uh, she was sued as a result of that. She was a spokesperson for Jenny Craig for a while, And when, on uh, Jenny Craig, she did manage to lose weight and keep it off, Uh, she also became a right-wing Trumper. The last time I saw her was 10 years ago, almost exactly 10 years ago. It was the Cheers' 30th anniversary party, and she looked great, and she was still the same old Kirstie. She has two adopted children. She now had uh, grandchildren, she loved her kids, was a great mother from what I understand, but like I said, she loved kids, so I'm not at all surprised, she was super fun, she died way too young at only 71, Um, thanks to her body of work and especially Cheers, people will continue to appreciate her gift for years and years to come, and I will miss her. So, rest in peace, Princess Kirsty. And that is Hollywood and Levine for this week. Actually, it's Hollywood and Levine for the next couple of weeks, because with the Christmas holidays coming up, um, I'm going to take a little break uh, for the next two weeks. So the next brand new episode will be in the new year, It will drop on, I believe, January 5th. So uh, you know what you can do if you miss me is I've got over 300 episodes. They're all available, some great guests, some really interesting topics. So go back and uh, acquaint yourself with uh, the archives. It should keep you going. And have a happy holiday season. Okay, our thanks as always to Adam and Susie Meister-Butler, to Howard Hoffman, to John Wolfert, to Bruce and Jason Miller. If you want to email me, hollywoodlevine at outlook.com. That is hollywoodlevine at outlook.com. Again, I'm looking for your Friday questions. I haven't gotten too many so far. Come on, people. Send me your Friday questions and I will devote an episode to answering them. Uh, also I am on Instagram please follow me there Hollywood and Levine where I showcase a lot of my cartoons. Have a wonderful holiday season whatever you celebrate. Oh boy, I'll be glad <laughs> to get into next year. Uh, Happy New Year may 2023 be way better than 2022. And thanks so much for listening this year. I really appreciate it. Happy Holidays!